This is a video for those organizations who decide that they will go some way towards self-management but still have managers, right? So the typical thing is to say, hey, yeah, we will have some self-managing teams, you know, doing the, the actual work for clients, right? The, you know, self-managing teams in factories or in stores. And, and but, you know, above one team or above a number of these teams, we still have managers and sort of the, the rest of the pyramid. Um, you know, that can happen because, um, you know, this is the first step you take or because, you know, just the boards and the powers of that be, you know, won't allow you to go much farther than this. And um, in this case, I have some ideas that I want to share with you um, about, you know, what, how you can um, install um, or change those roles of managers above the teams. Right? Um, here are um, seven ideas that I want to share with you. One that I've shared in a previous video is simply the idea that rather than having one manager for one team, if you really want to have the self-managing team, it's often much more helpful to have one manager for several teams because then you, know, you sort of break the habit of having a team that has a full-time manager that's available, right? In factories where you have several shifts, you might just have you know one manager for one of the three shifts. So then anyway, two shifts you know are are without a, a manager, um, and that way this manager you know manages way too many people and way too many teams to really get involved. You know if you have two, three, four, five teams at the same time. Um, so that's 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 one great way to ensure that the teams need to start self-managing. Um, Another really useful thing is to clarify sort of the expectations and the behaviors that you want from managers in this new world, right? Um, it's, I think, really helpful to clarify what is, what is the vision that we hold collectively about what good management is, um, knowing that you don't want to be too prescriptive because everybody brings their gifts in, in a different way. Um, but, you know, really, what, how do you view managers? Are they mostly coaches or are they mostly mentors or are they really responsible for results? Um, but then how does that work with self-management or are they mostly sort of technical um, you know, support or you know what, what is your vision of, of managers? And I think it's really helpful for people who knew how they were doing management in the old way and now have to be sort of a little bit of hands-off and have these self-managing team to have some clarity around Okay, so this is how we as an organization think about management now, right? And obviously you can write that from the top, um, you know, the former top, or you can, or the still existing top, or you can, um, you know, involve a lot of these people in sort of crafting together sort of this new vision for management and trying to make it as tangible as possible, sort of what is sort of the behaviors um, and the mindsets that you want, you know, people to have. Another thing that I think is very useful um, is even though you still have this manager is that you define the granular roles of management, right? And I um, you know, refer you back to a video where I talk about you sort of distributing the roles of management. Um, even if you keep a manager, I think it's a very useful conversation to have. Say that you have a manager above one team or a manager above three teams is to have a very you know, good discussion about let's take these, whatever, 8, 10, 12 roles of management, which one do I as a manager still want to play and which one 
you know, could you distribute um, as a team? Another conversation that you can have is about the decision-making authority. I've mentioned this in a previous video. It's as a manager and as a team, have a conversation about, okay, this is a place where I as a manager still want to have ultimate decision-making power, right? I still want to have, whatever, veto power. And for all the other decisions, you know, it's up, it's up to you. Um, another interesting thing to discuss is how you'll use the advice process and, and, and what version, and clarify that the manager, um, you know, can still use the advice process. He might have some vetoes in, in certain domains, um, uh, but she might also just, you know, use the advice process for all, all the other things. Um, another really interesting idea is to say that managers as of now get evaluated from below, right? Rather than from above or even 360, right? It's, it's a really powerful message. Um, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, to Semco, um, uh, you know, Ricardo Zemler and, and Maverick, um, where you have, you know, teams below that, uh, you know, define in conversation with the manager what they're looking for in a manager and then evaluate the manager um, based on that. That just changes sort of the dynamics and the accountability. Um, in the same vein, I think it might makes a lot of sense if you're moving towards self-management but still have a manager, is that when you, know, you need to recruit a new manager or appoint a new manager because the old one is leaving or because you're growing or whatever, is that it's the team below that writes a job description and then does the selection process rather than you know, the person involved in the hierarchy. Right? That also completely changes the dynamic. You know, if we as a team have really collectively thought about what are we really looking for and you know, really write this sort of you know, job description or profile that we want, and, and then we, we go out there and talk to different people and select them. You know, once we've selected somebody, we want that person to succeed. Like that, that person is part of us, right? We, there's a sort of a, like, almost a red carpet that we roll out for that, for that person. Um, and the last thing that is useful if you have parallel teams doing more or less the same thing is to institute a ground rule that people can always leave and join another team without need of approval from their manager. Um, it's, a, it's a clever trick that, you know, that I've seen at Favi and at other places where um, you know, if, if a manager starts becoming autocratic and you know, doesn't respect the self-management, you know, you start simply, people, you know, people simply start to leave and that sends a very powerful signal for the system to self-correct. Um, so yes, yeah, so these are some ideas about, you know, how to install um, that, that manager above the team. And um, what I said in a previous video, and we'll talk about more in another video, it makes sense here too, is I really think we need um, sort of coaching for these people and we need learning circles and, you know, sharing spaces where, you know, as people transition to this new management role, they can exchange with peers who are in a similar situation um, to realize like, hey, I'm not the only one having questions, loving some part of this and having trouble with some other parts of it. So good luck with, um, you know, installing this, um, this new role of, of management. These are some ideas, but as always, it makes a lot of sense to simply ask people in the teams and these managers about what they think will make this a successful transition. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. 
That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.